morning. You know, this is this is the the central theme of of our lives in in Christ, the, the resurrection. You know, the the early church really celebrated this every week. You know, not not just once a year. Uh, they celebrated the, the death and the resurrection of the Lord. It's it's that important. And the important thing is that Jesus is alive, and that's that's what gives us meaning. I, I love that Tom read that that passage. You know, if if, if Jesus isn't alive, we're wasting our time here. We might as well just go on home. But he is alive. Can you believe it? So we're celebrating our Lord's resurrection. Day of remembrance. Uh, just so central to the, the gospel. You know, so much that the Apostle Paul said Jesus' death is, is meaningless. And I'm, I'm going to read that again uh, from 1 Corinthians 15. If, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is vain, is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he, is, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For, the dead if not, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those who've fallen asleep in, in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But we're not. We're not to be pitied. There's power in the resurrection because Jesus is alive. And uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I want to know Christ and the, the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the power of his, his resurrection. What does that mean? Um, it's, it's really, that's what Easter is all about. That's what the Christian life is all about. Uh, Tim Keller uh, tells the following story about the, uh, the, the power of the resurrection. He said that uh, a minister was in Italy, and there he saw a grave of a man who had died centuries before, who was an unbeliever and completely against Christianity, but a little afraid of it too. So the man had a huge stone slab put over his grave so that he would not have to be raised from the dead just in case there is a resurrection from the dead. And he put insignias all over the slab saying, I do not want to be raised from the dead. I don't believe in it. And evidently when he was buried, an acorn must have fallen into the, the grave. And a hundred years later, that acorn had grown up through the grave and split that slab. The minister looked at it and said, if an acorn, which has the power of biological life in it, can split a slab of that magnitude, what can the acorn of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? And so, you know, the, the minute you receive Jesus as your Savior, the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the, the power of the resurrection. You know, this, the same thing that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, think, think of the things that you see as, as immovable slabs in your life. 
your, your bitterness, your insecurity, your fears, your, your self-doubts. You know, these, these things can be split and rolled off. The more you know him, the more you grow into the power of his resurrection. And so, you know, when we, when we come to this uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter, and we read about the resurrection, we're kind of breaking into the middle of the story, right? Jesus has, has been convicted. He's been tortured. He's been executed in, in the most painful way on the cross as, as a criminal. His, his work on the cross is, is finished. He has borne our sins. Salvation is possible. Our relationship with the Father can be restored if we believe in him and, and receive him as, a, as your, our Savior. But, uh, you know, that's, that's only part of the gospel. That's only part of the good news. You know, what comes next is absolutely amazing, that the resurrection, you know, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He's alive. He's alive, and we celebrate that. And because of the resurrection, we can know him. We can know the power of his resurrection. And uh, we're going to look today in uh, John's gospel, John chapter 20, this morning. And in the narrative, we're at the third day. We're on the third day after Jesus has has died. We we pick up the story in John 20, verse 1. Read with me. Hmm? John. Um, there's a story behind that. I, I was going to preach from Luke, and I changed my mind. And, and um, ended, up, ended up going with John. I'm, I'm sorry. John 20. John 20. Sorry. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, and it, while it was still dark... And she saw the stone had been taken from the tomb, and she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. And he said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. And so Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb, both of them running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And I just have to stop right there. You know who, who John is talking about? The disciple who Jesus loved, the fastest runner, John. I get a kick out of that. The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths laying there, and he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths laying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb 
And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one on the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, "They've, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. And having said this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing, and she, she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, they have carried him away. Tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word in which you've given us the the record of this experience. Lord, open up your word so that uh, we can see the things you would like to teach us from this. Lord, open our hearts to, to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And, you know, this this is not self-power. You know, it's not something we can, we can drum up on our own. This is the power of the living Christ, which, which comes by, by faith in him. Now, when we look at how this story progresses, you know, it starts out in the morning really early. And it was dark, much darker than it was when we got here for the sunrise service. It was dark, and I, th- I think that's kind of a kind of a metaphor, maybe, for what was what was happening in in uh, Mary. The story centers around her. You know, as it starts out, Mary is experiencing this darkness. Not only spirit, or not only uh, this physical darkness, but maybe spiritual darkness. Her, her faith was very dim. She goes to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body. It's, it's the first day. It's, it's Sunday. And though she see, though, though it's still dark, she sees that the, uh, the stone has been rolled away from this, uh, this cave-like tomb. And we know from Mark's gospel account that Mary was not alone. There, was, there were some other women, the, the other Mary and Salome. And just by the way, parenthetically, notice this. These are women. Who, who were the last people at the cross? Women. Who were the first people at, at the tomb? Women. So why is Mary there? You know, did did she expect the tomb to be empty? No, no. She was there with spices. She was going to complete this uh, this burial preparation for for Jesus's body. You know, she's 
She's expecting a, a dead Jesus. She's expecting a just a body, a dead body. It's still dark. And and just as the earth was eclipsing the the sun, Mary's faith was was eclipsed by the circumstances and you know, Jesus had told his followers he's he's going to die. He's going to he's going to be raised back to life. He told them that three times at least. And besides those three direct times, he'd, he'd given them many, many hints. If you read through the gospel accounts, you can just see them one after another. Jesus trying to prepare them for what's going to happen. Trying to prepare them for the grief they're going to experience, but also preparing them for the joy of his coming back. But they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Uh, For instance, Mark 9, 30 to 32, Jesus had said, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he's killed after three days, he will rise. You can't get much more clear than that. But they did not understand the saying, and, and they were afraid to ask him, it said. You know what? What's he talking about? They're whispering among themselves. So here's Mary. She's at the tomb. It's dark. Sun hadn't come up. Mary's faith was weak. She felt utterly powerless she went to the tomb fully expecting to find this body and it was gone you know she felt like everything everything had been taken away from her you know what what was she thinking you think you know the the time that she had spent with Jesus the, the last few years her her hopes were dashed. Jesus was gone. He was dead. Even the body is gone. Someone had taken it. That's what she thought. And in her despair, she runs to uh, Peter and, and John, two of Jesus' closest disciples. And, you know, surely they know what's going on. Surely she can find out what's happening. And she goes to them and tells them about the empty tomb. And they don't know. They run together. To the tomb, nothing's there. They look inside, it's just linen cloths that had been wrapping Jesus' body. Uh, interestingly, this, this faith cloth, this face cloth was, was folded up. Uh, John goes in. Sure enough, it's empty. It says, and, and he believed. What did he believe? He believed the body was gone. Sure enough, it's empty. He didn't believe that Jesus was alive. You know, what Jesus had said, what had been prophesied in the Old Testament, it just did not register with, with them. You know, you've probably gotten up before sunrise before. Everybody here has. You know, it's dark, and you know how it is. Slowly, slowly, the sky starts getting light. Slowly, maybe if you if you're observing, you just see this little sliver of, of the sun when it when it comes up. You know the 
the darkness slowly is, is disappearing. And at this point, the, the sun is just starting to come up on Mary's faith. Verse 11, she's weeping. Peter and John had just left. They, they went home. They didn't know what to think. You know, she's crushed. Why did they take his body? You know, she, she peeks again. Just, she had to. She just had to look back in that, that empty tomb. But it's not empty. There's, there's, there's two angels in there. In Luke's gospel, these, these angels are described as men. Men in dazzling apparel. I can't imagine what, what that looked like. But we know they're angels because Mary doesn't. <laughs> but we, we have the story here. Uh, you know, this, this, this description of their, their gleaming clothes is really kind of significant, I think. It's just this hint of light. You know, the, the scene has gone from one of utter darkness to this unexpected appearance of light. It's, it's gone from this, this bitter, hopeless mourning of Mary to these angels in here. This, this word translated dazzling in, in the ESV, it's the same word that Jesus used in uh, Luke 17, 24 when he was describing his return to earth in the last days. Luke 17, 24, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to another, so will the Son of Man be in his day. So whatever that looked like, I don't know, but it must have been uh, quite a sight. And they're sitting right there. There's one at the head of where Jesus had been laying, one at the foot. And they ask her, hey, what's wrong? Why why are you weeping? Um, They've taken my Lord away. And I, I don't know where they've laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing and she didn't know it was Jesus. She thought it was the gardener. Yes, sir, have you taken him? Tell me where he's at. You know, Mary's eyes of, of faith were, were slowly transitioning to light. And the Messiah is there at, at the tomb. The sun is up now. The sun is up. After Mary asks these messengers, you know, he, she, she talks to this guy. She thinks the gardener. And this amazing thing happens. When she says, you know, I, they, they've taken his body away. Tell me where it's at. She, he, what does Jesus say? One word. Mary. Mary. And just hearing his voice, the light is on. It's bright. It's gleaming. Her faith is there. John ten four. Yeah, just just hearing the voice. Uh, John uh, Jesus in John ten fourteen said, "I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me." And that's what you see with this encounter. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, and I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. He says, Mary. She knows the voice of her shepherd. It's her Lord calling her by name. Yeah, I'm reminded of that song we sing sometimes. He, he knows my name. He, he knows my every thought. Uh, he, he sees each tear that falls. He hears me when I call. Uh, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43.1 said, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Mary, face to face with Jesus, you know, in, in a moment, her, her faith is strong. It's, it's as bright as the sun because she sees her Lord. He's with her. She's with him. Darkness, it's completely gone. He's alive. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, uh, I think, had this kind of encounter with Christ in mind for, for all of us when he prays for the believers in Ephesus, in Ephesus 1, Ephesians uh, one sixteen through 20. He prays for the Ephesians that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened so that you may know what the hope is to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places? I love that. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. You know, that, that is the, your eyes of faith enlightened. And with, with increased faith comes increased power. This, this faith is in Christ. The power is in the resurrection of Christ because he is alive. Uh, next we see the message from the tomb. Jesus gives Mary something to do here. He says, go tell my brothers, my disciples, that I have not ascended yet to the Father, but I will. Jesus says to Mary, don't cling to me. You know, he's, he's going to be around for a while. He's going to be around for uh, about 40 days, and he'll be with them. He'll, he'll do some more teaching. He'll prepare them for his ascension into heaven, in which he'll not be uh, physically present with them. But during those 40 days, he'll, he'll spend time with his disciples, kind of... <laughs> tying up loose ends, so to speak, you know, preparing them for his departure. We'll have a good talk with Peter, who had denied him three times. You know, Peter, at this time, didn't know. He, he didn't know what to think. You know, would, would Jesus even want to talk to him again? But Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus tells us something we need to see here. here. He, he says, I am going back to my father and to your father, 
He says, my God and your God. You know, it's, it's through him that we become the children of God. It's because of him, it's because of his death and resurrection that we can call God our Father, that we can speak to God as, as my God. You know, it's through him that we become his children. John 1, 12 through 13 says, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God who were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's because of Jesus that we can pray as in the model prayer Jesus gave us, the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father. You know, really, this, this signals a new beginning in God's plan of redemption. He told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would come. He would, he would send another comforter, another counselor. John fourteen fifteen. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask of the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. This is the power of the resurrection. This is the living Christ. His, his presence with us. Harold said something about that. You know, we, we don't just celebrate this one time per year. We enjoy the living Christ. We enjoy his presence year-round. This is the power of the resurrection. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is unique through, uh, through, uh, in human history. You know, as we read the Bible, we, there, there, are, there are stories where people are raised from the dead in the Old Testament. Uh, Elijah brings his widow's son to life. Jesus brings Lazarus to life. He, he brings the centurion's daughter to life. But, you know, all these, all these people died again. but not Jesus. He conquered death. He, he was raised, went on living, never to die again. And that's our hope as well. So let's wrap this up. So the, the sun is up. Mary's faith is powerful. It's so strong she can go to Jesus' disciples and she can say this, this most amazing thing. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Jesus will go on. He'll appear to, to many, many other people. You know, his, his resurrection uh, will have and, and still does have a, a huge effect on those he's encountered. He's alive. You know, Jesus appeared to the apostles. He 
appeared to a number of other disciples. It says he appeared to, uh, what, 500, around 500 at one time, all together in one place, different times, different places for those 40 days. At the end of that, he ascended into heaven where it said he's seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us. He lives. And if we believed in him and received him as our savior, you know, our life is, is in him. We have eternal life. So this is a great story, but it's not just a, a great story that we read once a year and, and forget about. You know, this this is an invitation to enter into the life that Jesus has made available to us, the abundant life that he came to give us. Let me read, let me read John 1, 12 through 13 again. It says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so he... You know, he calls us to surrender to him. He calls us to receive this, this gift of eternal life. Second uh, Corinthians six two says it. It says, Behold now is the favorable time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. So if you have not done that, uh, come to him, receive him, believe in him as your Savior. Let's pray. Uh, Father, in, in Jesus' name, uh, we, we we rejoice in the resurrection of, of Jesus. What a what a great joy to, to celebrate this this great event in, in human history. This great event in your plan, your your history of redemption. Uh, Thank you that you've revealed yourself through Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray that if there be anybody here today who's not received you as as their Lord and and Savior, Lord, that they would come to you today. Lord, that they would surrender their hearts and their lives to you. For you... You said in John 3.16 that you love the world so much you gave your only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Lord, if there, if there be any here who've, who've strayed from you, Lord, I, I ask that they be drawn back to you, Lord, that they would experience daily your life, that they would walk in you and experience the power of the resurrection, the living Christ, Lord, that they would truly experience the the abundant life. And we pray all of this in, in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen.